edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. And today we start talking Cowboys versus Colts. Uh, we'll get you ready. Brian has his updates for us there. We'll I think talk I do. About Good. We'll talk about some. Uh, we'll talk about some things uh, regarding that matchup, particularly the off the Indianapolis yeah. offense versus the Dallas defense. Before we get to that, though, uh, I did want to talk about one transaction that happened yesterday. Cowboys release uh, Terrell Basham. He was inactive uh, against the Giants. Spent a lot of this season on uh, injured. Was he on injured reserve or just out? Yeah, injured? he was injured on injured reserve. So I hadn't really played a ton for them this year. Um, why now? What? Why? Why? Why make the move now? Well, it sounds like I mean they. You know, last week was kind of interesting because they put Tack McKinley up from. They called him up, mm-hmm. which you can only get three of these. So they called him up and then didn't play him. So that was kind of weird. And I think it was mainly because they're trying to figure out look all these guys that were sick and do they need him or not. So you wouldn't waste the call up if you were going to keep doing that with him. He's going to get moved up at some point. So McKinley, I think that's the one of the reasons there. I mean, main reason is he's not playing that great. I mean, he's not. He's not. They got so many guys. I mean, how many pass rushers do you need? Not even about playing great. He's just not playing. Right. He's not playing, and and he's not better than you know. I mean, I I, I think he's comparable to Fowler, but. They like Fowler better, and, and he's got more production. So, uh, But McKinley, I think, is the big re- reason. You know, I was going to say that it was surprising to me, and when I think back, okay, this happened, and then the Tristan Hill situation, and then going back to where before the deadline for trading and where we were thinking, okay, who were, who were some guys that you could possibly use to trade, mm. to form some kind of trade, to bring somebody in? It just It's just interesting to think that you would just – get rid of two guys that you've talked about even if he wasn't playing he's a guy whose name was mentioned quite a lot you saw some talent and potential there but to think that it was just you know neither of those two guys specifically defensive ends or at the uh, defensive line that you were you kind of got some use out of them and just kind of decided to get rid of them. Yeah, it played really well in the preseason, if you yeah, remember. Yep. It was one of those training things camp. where you're kind of training camp, you were like going him, Armstrong, those guys, you were kind of like, oh, maybe they've got something here. You know, Then you start to think about, well, Sam Williams and you know Fowler and all that. And I think Nick is dead on right. This was more about wanting to see Tack McKinley play. You know, this is about like trying to find a way to, to you know, get him potentially on the field. Dan Quinn has a, a little bit of a history with him, you know, understands his game. And, you know, maybe it could help you a little bit in some of that, that uh, you know, the combo of being a run defender and also being a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, and, and to Ambar's point, too, I know talking to a lot of guys around the league during the trading deadline, though, that. Basham's name was being thrown out there. Mm-hmm. That was a name that people like. I had a couple of teams say, "Yeah, you guys are kind of moving some guys." I'm like, "Really?" And you know, Basham was one of the name, and and they end up moving on from guys that were on that you know on that trade deadline. That you know yeah. when you talk about uh, you know with Tristan Hill, they're okay. We move on from him, and then Basham. Well, hey, we got a guy. We like what we're seeing in the guy, and let's you know let's give him a go here. So, not not surprising in that way. It's three guys really. If you think about back to the preseason, you're like, okay, Basham. And then uh, Tristan Hill and Ridgeway. I mean, yeah. Ridgeway was a guy that they thought, oh, he he was going to make it, you know. Yeah. But but Bohanna played better. This is yeah. other guys just played better. And Sam Williams is is 
development is a big part they, of this too. They might have made a mistake on Ridgeway because he's starting, isn't he? Well, yeah, and I'm playing over there. Yeah, he's playing over there. I mean, he's making tackles, makes plays. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing that more plays in Arkansas. They were keeping the, the, no the doubt keeping the wide receivers. You know, they kept that wide yeah. receiver room kind of intact, and then. You know they went. They kept all those guys, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Well, these guys are playing just okay," you know. And and so then then you sacrifice a defensive tackle that you know that you know when you're struggling against the run, and and not all of it is inside, but you're maybe a guy that down the line, you know. And Nick, you know, you know covers Arkansas, loves Arkansas. I've seen a guy play a bunch. I mean, he he was a he was a kind of a difference maker as a big guy in there, and. You're kind of like thinking, well, why you get rid of an offense or defensive lineman? And then they go off and play. And then you're looking at your wide receiver situation. You go, well, you just could have very easily moved on from you know one of these guys. Well, cut they... Tristan Hill if you're going to cut him yeah. eventually. I mean, yeah. just, just let him go. Yeah. I know? think I think they got caught in a situation where if they were to do that over, yeah. they wouldn't put, put Ridgeway out there. They just wouldn't have done it. Well, it goes to what you were talking about yesterday. Coaches tend to like what they know, right? Yeah. And so you get in a situation well, like that where you're kind of debating Tristan Hill or Ridgeway, yeah. and they're probably like, yeah, you know, I think we want to give Tristan Hill a little bit more of an opportunity. We think we might yeah. have some. Well, see, and I, I also I talked to some teams last night. I, I think Basham is going to get claimed just from listening to some teams. Some of the guys that I talked to around the league, they're like, "Well, what, what did you know? Is he a bad guy?" I'm like, "No, no, no." Yeah. Training camp, everything. You know, they were asking me my opinion on him, and you know, they'd studied the tape on him. So I, I have a feeling today that you guys will probably write a little blip that he got claimed by somebody. You yeah. Know, listen to what talking to guys from last night. There are. Obviously, a few. Go ahead. Let me throw one more thing. Sure. I, I say that about Tack McKinley, and I do believe McKinley's going to play, but they could still elevate him a couple times. Yeah. His roster spot, they have, they have 52. That roster spot by Basham may not go to McKinley. It could go to James Washington, right. who, because he's not on the practice squad, you could just move him over if they decide to do that. They have to do that today, and, and if that's what they're going to do, maybe they could. So, Is today a deadline? No, I, no, I just think that they've talked okay. about it. I mean, Jerry Washington, yeah. James Washington. Yes, but they're going to activate the twenty-one day window yeah, practice, yeah. But right? He could play if yeah. you, if yeah. you want him to. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I, McKinley may not be the fifty third right now, but him playing and getting on the field with reps is probably. You know, this whole thing with Odell Beckham and Washington, I really do believe that they were tied together because I, I didn't think they wanted to make two moves for wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I just really didn't. And maybe it's one of those things where they're preparing themselves for getting him practice time and getting him ready and getting him acclimated again in like, okay, if the Beckham thing doesn't work out, then we'll plug him in. But I was talking to somebody in the team, and they're like, they're really not connected. But I, I just don't, I just, you know, making two moves at wide receiver, you know, to add Beckham and then to have to add Washington. Yeah. You I know, mean, I mean, you're like, I, I just didn't think they wanted to do that. How many veteran receivers that don't play special teams do you need? You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. one's really dynamic, obviously. But, and, but yeah. he may not be ready yet. That, that's the whole thing is about what's the knee look like. There's there's teams, by the way, there's people around the league that I'm talking to again last night that believe that Beckham's going to end up in Buffalo. There's people saying that, that, that they feel like that he could very well end up in Buffalo. Well, because think, that's the last of the last things. There, I had a guy tell me, I had a guy tell me, he said, listen, you think he wants to go to New York and play on that turf? 
He was he was he was complaining about the turf. The Giants lost somebody, uh, yeah. lost a receiver, lost a player on the turf, got all messed up. And you're like, the guy goes, "You think he wants to go play on that turf after he's complaining about it?" Is it so much it, better in Buffalo. I well, mean, it looks- well, he's but he but the thing about it is they're saying because Buffalo's Buffalo's medical staff might just clear him, and and maybe that you'll get others will be like maybe Dallas would be a little bit more. A little bit more. Well, the knee's not really this, and I mean, there nobody's going to know this because we talked about this yesterday. You could bring him in and all that, and but I had people tell me, you know, is he going to work out for you? Is he going to go out on the field and physically work out for you? That's how you would tell. You could pull on and push on the knee and all that, but like the guy told me around in the league, he says. When has a veteran player ever gone in and worked out for somebody yeah, like that? Been a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I, you, you know. but I don't know that that's necessarily a precursor here. Like, yeah, I, I honestly, the way I look at this, as much as we've heard Jerry talk about the fact that they they are definitely in this, no question, they want him. Yeah, I don't know that that would be the thing that stopped them from saying like I think they want their medical staff obviously to look at. The Absolutely, knee. I don't know that getting him to do a workout is necessarily a precursor. And quite frankly, the way I look at it is. Yeah, there's a chance he goes to Buffalo. I yeah. mean, obviously, he's going to go to Buffalo become, before he comes to Dallas. But also, I'm hearing from a lot of people, and you, I heard Michael Irvin this morning yeah. talking on uh, Sean and RJ on 105.3 The Fan, and he was like, hey, I, I know Odell. I've talked to him. I've talked to his family. Sure. He has always wanted to play in Dallas. Sure. That has been something he's always wanted to do because of the fact he's got family here, and he's just always wanted to play for this team. Sure. So. There's some. There's a lot of factors here. And, oh and no, by the there's way, no question. I, I mean, I'm on the 75 percent train of him being here. Yeah. And then, but the more you talk to people around the league, they, they, there's doubt. There's but, there's, there's created doubt. The but here's the thing. The way I look at it is, I always look at it like, who's going to be doing the selling? I don't know who's doing the selling in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I know the guy doing the selling here. He's probably one of the best salesmen I've ever met. So right. I'm going to bet on the fact that if it comes down to selling, and if he really wants him, yeah. if he really wants him. I don't think there's. I think you'll probably end up. Can I ask you a question? This might be unfair to you. Then, since you've taken that approach, do you worry about Jerry override? Do you do you you worry about the situation where if Jerry wants the guy, he gets the guy? Do you think he gets any interference from Stephen on this one? I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, I know it's probably an unfair question. No, but I think honestly, I think, and I know I know there's a lot of talk about Jerry Stephen that whole dynamic. Sure, let's be honest. At the end of the day, if Jerry really wants something, I totally agree. I don't care who in the building, including Steven, that doesn't want it. I agree. Jerry is still in the position where he is the final say. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and let's let's not forget that that that's a good thing. I mean, like like him. Everyone knows the story. He pushed him up against the wall against you know with Dion, yeah. and is this a, a smart move and all this kind of stuff? But I mean. You know, you don't have Zach Martin, and you have and you have Johnny Manziel. If somebody doesn't stand yeah. up to to, Jer- to Jerry sometimes and go, this right. isn't the best move for us. So I, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a guy that says, "All right, let's think about this long term." You know, and because, they still got Dion. Yeah, well, they, and they got Dion, but <laughs> right. but but you, yeah, you might do whatever it takes to get Odell Beckham, and then and, and you know March comes and you're like, "Dang, we lost Pollard, we lost this guy, right. we lost this guy." Well, we don't have the money, but you got Odell, yeah, who, who played two games for you and limped around for a little bit. You know, I mean, like. It, it, he's somebody has to think about next year. Yep. And I know everyone's just focused all in, but that's that's Let not the way it works. Ask you guys something, and and since we don't know what's gonna happen, and we've seen it before with like Earl Thomas, we talked about him since forever. He never actually <laughs> happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We know this is something that's that on Seattle, very by the way. Well, yeah. well yeah. different. I know reasons, I know that for reasons. for fact. Yeah. But um, 
in an instance that it does not happen for whatever reason, uh, based on what you've seen so far since Dak's return and how the offense has been operating, do you guys currently feel that this offense, specifically talking about the wide receiver position, is this offense enough to be competitive to that level without the need of adding extra talent at the wide receiver? Has your mind changed whatsoever so far? Remember that question we had yesterday about who do you, who's going to help you more, Tyron Smith or Odell Beckham? Yeah, see, that's the thing I look at to answer your question. I, I just focus back to the Green Bay game and that fourth and three. And I, I just know this guy can go and make plays. I, I mean, can he make two, three of those a game? Mm-hmm. That, that might be all you need. Yep. You know, that might be all you need. He, he might have five targets. Nick went through the targets with you. Yesterday, it seemed like it was eleven, and it was five. It was three. It was five. It was seven. It was kind of. If I know that five times I'm going to throw him the ball, and he's going to probably catch the ball all five times, I have a feeling they're going to be big, big, big plays. Mm-hmm. I do. I just feel like third down, fourth downs. You know the way that this coach goes for it. You know, throw it, it, this guy separates in the red zone. You know, you could throw the ball to him down there. He's going to make somebody miss. I'm. I, I, I'm the guy that is I'm, – I'm about pushing the chips now. And I think the owner is too. Yep. I think the owner – and that's why I asked Derek that question because I think the owner will tell Steven, it's like, listen, I'm 80 years old. Have you seen what's going on in this conference right now? Brady ain't worth a damn right now. Rodgers ain't even part of this thing. We got to go beat San Francisco or Philadelphia, who we almost beat with the backup quarterback and three turnovers. Yeah, give me Let's, everything I got. Yeah, yeah. you got to give me this one last shot here. You figure this thing out. If like Nick told you, which was great information yesterday, if you have Beckham contract, you got to think about CD contract too. Yeah, that's great information mm-hmm. right there. You know, you're, I'm sure I'm looking at him like you figure it out. You figure it out. I'm 80 damn years old. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I might not have another run at this again. Yep. You know, you figure this out. And and I think the the thing about it too is you, you this. Um, God, I lost my thought. I was just gonna. Like, well, let, let me let me just jump in then because I think Will McClay has to factor into this as well and, and not and, and project. Okay, is is uh how old is Odell? I don't even know. Thirty years old. Okay, so 31, 32, 30, Ain't crazy old. Thirty three yeah. year yeah. old. Odell Beckham, you know, if, if he wants this three, like four-year deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. That's my story because I want the player. <laughs> right. No, but I, I, I think it's it's important, though, to have to look at what he's going to do next year, the year after. I mean, this is the, an investment. This is what you, you – you know, I, I kind of compare it to the Deion Sanders thing. He's played seven, eight years, but we're doing this for – that last half of his career, the last few years, last big contract for him, it's not just about these few games. Does he fit into what you're trying to do for the next couple of years? Yeah, I, and think, I, I think that's what they have to figure out. I will throw this out. I just remember what I was trying to say. The, I, I still believe I'm being cautiously optimistic because we talked about this weeks ago. And yeah. I said I, at the time, I was one of the people like, I don't know about this kind of signing. Because what I still don't know is, is he Odell Beckham Jr. that I'm yeah. used to seeing? We don't know that. Yeah. And and so if Neither he is, them. if he is, <laughs> this will be a signing that could definitely put them over the top. To answer your question, this is the kind of signing that you get a guy like this. I guarantee you, it can pay dividends if he is the Odell Beckham that he was, uh, because it certainly did for the Rams in that Super Bowl. He was having a game mm-hmm. before he on got his hurt. way to being the MVP. Oh yeah, probably. he was having a game, and so you put you add that kind of player to what you already have. Now I look at this offense and say. Man, is the offense as good as the defense? Maybe they are. 
right? And yeah. that's where you're really working with something. And you can contend with the teams like Philadelphia, like San Francisco, like uh, the Chiefs, like the Bills. Like You have that level of talent where you can compete with all those teams and don't feel in any way that you're compromised. I think he can provide that kind of value for you if he's Odell Beckham that he was before. Remember when we were waiting – for Dak's return and the thumb, and we you asked the question about, like, okay, is 90% Dak better than what mm. you got with 100% um, Cooper Rush and what he was doing at the time? So same question. What would be the least amount of percentage that you would mm. take mm. an Odell Beckham Jr. for? You're not supposed to ask questions. Those are my questions. Hey. <laughs> no, that's for my question. games. What are you doing? That's, I'm going to that, use that on the radio that today, by the good, way. I'm going to use that on the radio. Question. I'm going to steal it. I'll give you credit there. Take it. AG. I don't know. I if you give me, you give me, first of all. Let's think about it like this. He's gonna be if if you think he's gonna be your third wide receiver. We talked about that mm-hmm. yesterday, where he falls on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Let's say he's at least your third wide receiver. I do think an eighty percent Odell Beckham Jr. is probably better than Noah Brown, right? So he adds value to you at eighty percent, maybe seventy five percent. I was going. I was going around sixty-five. Myself. You're at sixty-five. Sixty-five. I am just because I feel like though there could be those two or three plays a game. Yep. There could be that. You know, it's it's. You know, they run the ball. They run the ball. Oh wait, it's now it's third and six. You know, and now you need. Okay, he's going to shake somebody for a gain of eight or shake somebody for ten. You know, and then you're going to keep playing the game, keep playing the game, and then they're, oh they're going to get down the goal line and it's going to it's going to be like it was like in the other day, third and fifteen. They have to throw a clutch pass to Dalton Schultz to convert. I'm right. thinking, yeah. and you got a guy like Beckham, you know, it's maybe 65 percent. You know, catches that ball, beats somebody, you know, gets separation, a little bit easier throw. I, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. You know, yeah, and, I think but, that's kind of, I think it's a great question, but I also think in a way it's irrelevant because it Odell's going to want 100 percent of the money. You know, 100% of the contract that he wants. So well, I, if he takes you where you want to go, which true, is the Super Bowl, true. you and, will and that's, to And that's why I go back to, to what I said about the next year and the next year. Like, if you think, okay, we'll see what he can do. Can he help you a little bit, a couple of plays a game like that? But then the next year, like, you've got a really dynamic see, receiver. Yeah, yeah that's, that's where I'm, I'm at, though, too. It, it, to me, I'm willing to, if, as a fan, I would be willing for them to try. You know, I, if you if you just try for me, you know, and if it doesn't work out, I can't blame you. You tried, right. you know, as a fan, you're like that. Yeah. You can't call into our show here, one hundred five three, and yell and say, "Oh, the Cowboys suck." They don't do, you know? No, you can't because they tried. I can. I, I can do a little bit though. If you pay him really good money to come in at the end of the season and do this, and then we'll see what happens in the next couple of years, then you should have kept Amari Cooper. That's what I, I view. You should have kept Amari Cooper if well, that's what you want. Because I think Amari Cooper is probably better than Odell Beckham right yeah, now. Yeah, but my issue with that is that I don't think they got rid of – they got rid of Amari Cooper, I think, because they just didn't want him on this team. And that yeah. wasn't necessarily about – and I didn't have a problem with them making that move – the problem I had was they didn't go in and get me more talent. If you're saying this particular guy doesn't fit our culture, he doesn't fit what we're trying to do, right? Okay, fine. That's that's your choice. But don't just assume yeah, that I you're going to leave that vacuum. But then I need you to explain that. I mean, I, I just if that's the case, then explain what he doesn't do for your culture. He's a quiet guy that that doesn't really ruffle feathers. He wanted to take a pay cut. He gets open. He's a good route runner. I mean, I don't, what what a, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't. Well, know. we know the elephant in the room. 
that yeah. you could start with. But I mean, it, maybe it's all those things. Maybe. The point is, they're not going to come out. General and say manager. That. They're not going to come out and say <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. But but the point is, the point is, I do. What are you really saying, Bert, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> I took a page out of your book. <laughs> the point is, the point is, they're not. They're not. They are not. They didn't go out and spend the money yeah. that they saved. If you're going to save that money because you just didn't think he was the fit, yeah. then go out and spend the money and get a replacement. Because yeah. we see they, they are clearly in the they market will, for a wide receiver. But they will tell you that they got better on defense because they got rid of him. Yeah, maybe. They will tell you because we, get, we were able to sign him and the Randy Gregory and all that. They will tell you. Yeah. They will be quick to tell you that the money we saved on all this, we, we, we got better on defense. Because those guys are helping. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Curse yeah. and, and yeah. Hooker and uh, Fowler and, and Armstrong and – and you yeah. know James Washington, not so much, but I mean, but those guys, you know, yeah. This right. season would have been lost had they not been the way that they have been on defense, especially oh. when you had Cooper Rush in it. And Cooper Rush did a nice job, but man, I don't even want to think of how many games we would have lost. You'd look like the Packers. Right you'd yeah. be like the Packers Without right now. Yeah. You'd, you'd be, be like the Packers right now. Yeah. yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys joining. We're gonna take our first break. When we come back. Uh, we'll get into some of the talk between uh, about the Indianapolis offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll be right back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back to the break. Give the gift of the Cowboys this holiday season with the Dallas Cowboys United membership. 
gift your super fan an annual fan club membership and a fan pack for a little as little as twenty dollars. Tis the season. Learn more at DallasCowboys.com slash United. Welcome back to the second segment of the break presented by Blockchain.com. Blockchain. There, there we, we go. go. <laughs> All right, so Derek had to step out and, and leave for the rest of the show, but we're going to finish. We have to get now into the Indianapolis offense versus the Dallas defense. So, Brian, Derek's, take it away. Derek's first question, as always, what do they do best? What do they do worst? I think, you know, they've got a really legitimate weapon with their running back with Jonathan Taylor. That's something that, you know, they, they don't score a lot of points. They haven't. They've struggled on their offensive side of the ball. The one thing that they can do is they will they will run the football with this guy, and so you have to be ready for it. it you know, and, and with Jonathan Taylor, it's it's inside, it's outside, it's inside bounce. It's you know, he's a he's a he's a physical runner. He's not the tallest guy. You know, it's not one of these you know big, but he's really thick and he's powerful. And what happens to you is if you don't get a good shot on him or get bodies to them, he will break tackles and continue on. I've seen several games this year where he's just carried the pile going forward, you know, for extra yards and stuff like that. So if you kind of go up and half-heartedly try and tackle him, wrap him up, he'll break that tackle and then he'll find a way to to continue on and get yards. There's been some struggle. The offensive line at times, I mean, I, I watched the Philadelphia game. I, I, you know, I've watched the games that they played with Jeff Saturday as the coach because that's a different offensive coordinator now with what they've done in the past but you still have the threat of him running the football and you know that's something I think you're going to have to deal with with them um Matt Ryan being the quarterback they've gone back to him that Sam Ellinger he got the opportunity and then you know when Saturday took the job he said no we're going to play with you know Matt Ryan gives us the best opportunity to win the ball's going to come out really, really quick. You know, that's the whole idea. Matt Ryan does not want to hold the football. So everybody with the Cowboys in the secondary, it's going to be about routes. It's going to be quick routes, the tight ends, the drag routes, things like that underneath. Most of his throws out of the way are to the right. It's either middle to right. The games, I mean, it just seems like that's where he's the most comfortable throwing the football. So we'll see what uh, what happens in this game. I like Michael Pittman. He's a big tall, lanky receiver, likes to run those inside routes. Alec Pierce is another guy that they drafted from Cincinnati. I liked him coming out of the draft. Super tough kid uh, in the way he plays. And then they get Paris Campbell involved, too. Like I say, a lot of routes to the right, a lot of routes in the middle of the field. They're, uh, Jelani Woods, their tight end, had a really nice saw game. That. If you yeah. watched the Monday night game, you saw him. So he had a Big little dude. bit, yeah, he had a little bit of a, a, a resurgence of you know what he was able to do. He was a really good college player. But uh, yeah, it, Quentin Nelson up front at guard is, uh, is is comparable to what you have with Zach Martin. So yeah, it's a team that you kind of go, man, their record shouldn't be this bad, but they struggle to score points. And but you have to, I, me personally. I would try and take Pittman out of this game and then commit everything to trying to stop Jonathan Taylor from running the ball when you, is what I would do. When you have a guy like like Matt Ryan, and I think the Cowboys have had success with quarterbacks that don't really run a lot, yeah. but when the ball gets out quick, where do you think Micah Parsons can be the most effective in that situation? I would rush him. Like I would say, you know, if you rush him off the what would be the Cowboys' right side, because the ball is going everything. I would want – I want – if I was the Cowboys, and this would be my plan of attack, I want Matt Ryan seeing Micah Parsons rushing and, and, and feel that. 
And so to me, if you put him on the side where if you put him to what would be Matt Ryan's right, which would be defensive left, left. because the games I was watching, the three games I was watching, the ball was, like I say, it was middle right, middle right, middle right the whole game. And so to me, if you rush him where he where that pressure where he's throwing, the direction he's throwing, the chances for tip passes, because the ball gets out of his hand quick. It's when people make him hold that they, that's where you see the sacks. That's where you see. So to me, it's not on the back side. You know, it's not on the back side. I, I, even though they've got a rookie left tackle, uh, you know, with uh, Raymond on the uh, Raymond on the back side there, I I kind of feel like that they they will put him to the where the side that Ryan's throwing the ball, mm-hmm. so he can he sees him, but he could also he feels, and if you could get him to hold it, like I said, that's where you're going to get that sack. So the team, they've allowed more sacks than any other team, a total of like 43. And my question would be, going back to Nick asking about Micah Parsons, is this where you guys would focus on just pressuring and attacking the quarterback, or do you kind of find a way to split and drive some of that attention on stopping the run? Yeah, I I would. if I'm the Cowboys, I would worry about, because they're going to try and protect Matt Ryan from not getting sacked. And to, to do that... It's about staying ahead of the change. It's about like what the, you know, with the, almost what like the teams that have played the Cowboys, they don't want the Cowboys to, like the Packers. The Cowboys didn't, excuse me, the Packers didn't want the Cowboys to put them in second and long, third and long all day. They're like, listen, let's play ahead of the chains. Let's make it second and four, second and three. You know, they're going to try, like I say, if I'm the Colts, I try and run the ball first. And say, okay, I'm going to try and stay ahead, stay on schedule, and then that way maybe the the pass rush won't be attacking, won't be you know, because if you if they have like say the Minnesota game plan where they just come out and say we're just going to throw, we're just going to keep throwing, you know that that could be like you're just talking about all those sacks, you know. Just it's funny when you watch the sacks when Ryan he will he'll hold it and and you know when he holds it there's probably going to get sacked. Because he he's it's like he holds it and now he's having to reset and then deliver the ball. By that time the rush is on him. He is not the most mobile. Even though we've seen him run, he scrambled for some for some some decent gains. But that's not his game. It's like get the ball out of the hand, try and get it short, and try and attack the the and drive. You know, teams are making the the Colts just try and drive the football and and have success doing that. But if you can if you can, I think the way to to make. The Colts one-dimensional is how your offense plays. You just score and score and score and score, and that that puts a lot of pressure. They don't score a lot of points. Yeah. So then it turns into now Michael Parsons and these guys getting to rush the passer. Yeah. Um, people that play fantasy football, they obviously know Jonathan Taylor because he's a he's a great fantasy player, number mm-hmm. one pick in a lot of drafts this year. But he doesn't get viewed a lot as you know, kind of an underrated superstar. Compare him to. Other running backs, like not not so much in the league now, but like his style compared to yeah. former backs, or just guy. I mean, he's a fast guy. He's a big, compact. I mean, yeah. I mean, he he's the, the thing about when you when you watch when you watch him play. The thing that I've always been super impressed by him is he's he's like five ten. He's two hundred and twenty six pounds, two hundred twenty eight pounds, and so you're you know you're you're you, you, you the quickness and the explosiveness. You know, of these back, I mean, I was thinking LT? like, like, well, I was thinking guys like Lawrence, I mean, LT was, uh, LaDainian Thomas, I think was a, 
a little bit of a shorter, a little that. bit shorter guy. Maybe, you know, when, when you talk about the running styles and stuff like that, I was kind of thinking like a Fred Taylor, too, from Jack, you know, Jackson, mm-hmm. kind of a little bit of, he's got really, ex- he's quick, he could be explosive, he's yeah. hard to bring down. Amon Green. Kind yeah, of like yeah. That, 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 I mean, when, when you, but this guy, I mean, the thing about it is how thick he is, and you, you see the piles move with him, you know, you, you, when, and like I said, you have to get teams that have made him kind of, play sideways, and I mean play sideways like he gets the ball and now he's bouncing and he's still kind of going, it's when he can kind of get his shoulders turned and go forward mm-hmm. that he has his, his best. But, you know, when you when you talk about and he catches the ball well, too. They'll throw him screens. They'll flip him to him out, you know, in the swing routes and stuff like that. So you have to kind of be ready for that as well. Kind of a really a complete back for the for the Colts. Let's go ahead and take our final break. And when we come back, we'll keep discussing the matchup between their offense, and the Cowboys' defense. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far with up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less. The satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA equal housing lender credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. The Cowboys are proud to nominate Coach Dan Quinn as the 2022 NFL Salute Service Award Club nominee. Join us in making sure he becomes a finalist for this prestigious award by voting at NFL.com slash salute fan vote. Welcome back to the third segment of the break presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. So earlier... (laughs) 
You want a beer? No, I just did. Instead of the ding, I did the, the beer. The drink. We the need beer. a glue, glue, glue sound or something. Glue, glue, glue. <laughs> I'll work on that. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> That's a bad sound. All right, so Brian, you kept mentioning how they don't score a lot of points, no. which is true. And just to give people an, an idea, they've only scored twenty-one or more points twice yeah. the whole season: mm-hmm. thirty-four versus Jacksonville, and then twenty-five against the Rams. Uh, they've also... They win both games? Do you know? Does it say that? They won one game out of those two. I'm sure they beat Jacksonville with 34 points. Can't imagine the Jags just rolling that much. Yeah, they, that. they beat the Jaguars, and then where's the other one? Anyways, that's uh, okay. They don't score a lot of points. Yeah, that's they don't. Point. Okay. <laughs> their, their drives, you know, they were uh, going into oh, what game was it? There was a there was a point. In oh, time. it was against the Raiders. I don't know why I say the Rams, but it was they did. They yeah. won that game. Yeah, they that did. was Jeff Saturday's yeah, first game. 25-20. Yeah, the the thing about they they were a team that that struggled with with opening drives too in games. They didn't. They were struggling. They they don't score on opening drives any points at all. That's that was something that they're dealing with, but. You know, this game for the Cowboys, I think it's really going to be about your offense. I think it's, but you know, you you put a lot of pressure, like we just mentioned, like we're talking about. They don't score points. You make them have to keep up. It's going to be hard for them. It's going to be hard. They don't want to play that kind of game. Mm. They really, really don't want to play that kind of game because they just they've got good receivers. I, I respect the heck out of Michael Pittman. I did when he, he came out of college. I think Alec Pierce was one of my guys that I you know I had a really high grade coming out of Cincinnati. You know, they've got guys that are capable of making. They're tall, long guys that can give you problems. They're great contested catchers. They're just not those downfield, you know, type of players. And, and, you know, Matt Ryan, just that's kind of not his game. He used to be able to throw the ball down the field. And you just don't see it as much. Now, maybe after watching some film against Anthony Brown and stuff like that, that they'll figure out, you know, maybe we need to try, you know, Kiki Kuti and try and just take him on a vertical route and see if he runs past. Uh, you know, see if he runs past, uh, you know, Brown, and we can, you know, either get a penalty out of it or, uh, you know, make a catch. I'm gonna take you off the rails for a second. I mean, I feel like we we talked about their offense and mm-hmm. that they struggle, whatever. Um, you've been around the NFL for a long time, and I guess I have too. But like, do you were you offended by the fact that Jeff Saturday got that head coaching job? No. Me either. I really wasn't. And, and if I could explain real quick, yeah. I'll try and explain. You know me, I can't explain anything quick. Um, the, you know, I, I've, I'm the guy that, me personally, that I look at, I look at these, these jobs for coaches. And it used to be, well, you know, I, I've never been more wrong about a guy than I was Urban Meyer. Never been more wrong about a guy. I saw Urban Meyer as a program builder, whether it was at Bowling Green, whether it was at Utah, Utah yeah. whether it was at Florida, whether it was Ohio State. I always saw a program builder there. I saw a guy with a plan and all that. He gets to the NFL, he's an absolute disaster. He can't treat he doesn't know how to treat people, his his demeanor, he thinks he has all the answers, you know, it's you know, he doesn't know how to treat the players. There's no you know, interaction there. And so Here's one of the most most highly decorated college coaches in the country, and he goes to a pro team and just completely botches it up. And then so you're thinking like, well, if you got guys like that, you know, we've seen guys like Nick Saban go to the Dolphins eight and eight, and then go back to college and just fine. So there are coaches there that two and fourteen in there as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah. the start yeah. with him. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's kind of where you're at. That you think that these guys. 
that are highly touted and prepared and ready and all that, and they get these programs, they could screw it up just as bad as a guy that's never coached. You know, I think I think there's so much about managing people today in sports and and, and in life. Mm-hmm. I think managing people is a skill that a lot of guys and gals, the ones that have that ability, are going to be successful. And I think Jeff Saturday, you know, to be honest with you, in watching the Colts play, they could have won all three games that Jeff Saturday's coached in. They 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 they, they had Philadelphia on the ropes. Yeah. You know, they gave up a late they gave up a late touchdown. You know, the game management, okay, that was the in the Monday night game, you saw the the lack of game management or time management in that game got him in a little bit of trouble. And he came back afterwards and said, Man, I should have used the timeouts. Yeah. So that kind of experience. But to be honest with you, they could have won. They they won the game against the Raiders. They had Philadelphia on the ropes. If they just, you know, if they don't just kick field goals or somehow they can score, move the ball and score, you know. And you know, and they had they had the Steelers. I mean, they they had the Steelers where kind of where they needed to have them. Yeah. So, yeah. I and, and I I agree with you there. I know there's a lot of people that, that think it's it, and you prepared can, coaches can screw this up too. Yeah, but <laughs> and you could tell the way McCarthy kind of answered it, where he he thinks that, you know, what where he lies on this. You know, as an old school coach, yeah. it's like you know, there's a coaching tree. There's yeah. a lot of guys doing it the right way. But I, I'll say this, like. We'll play ten years in the league and be a seven, eight time Pro Bowler. Yeah. I mean, do that. I mean, yeah. they have experience as well. I mean, I, I, I get it if you just get handed a job, but you know, Dion got that's, handed that's, a job. That's what I was saying. I was just about to say Dion Sanders at Jackson State, and and he's going to get a job here. Yeah, probably. exactly. He he's in a situation right now where he, you know, we we talk about what the prime prep and all that kind of a you know kind of a little bit crazy stuff going on there. But he goes to Jackson State with the intent of what does he do? He he gets people to rally around him. He has people that believe in him. He evaluates the right way. His son it helps his son is probably one of the better quarterbacks in the country right now. You know, it's helping the program. But that's 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 what it takes. It go in there and organize and and you know delegate and 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 make people have responsibility. That's what Jeff Saturday's yeah. done. He get they got rid of the coordinator, they got rid of the head coach, and he made a guy a first time play card. Yeah, sure, it's not translating into a lot of points, but he's delegate. I, I, those guys play hard for him, even though he's not. But to your point, he played a lot of years in this league, and he was a Pro Bowl type player. Yeah. There's, I know that that's a big storyline with the Colts right now. There's a lot of people offended by that, and I'm not at all. I, I, I'm not either. But but I mean, it's there's there's a lot of elements, a lot of layers to that. And and because you said Dion, I'll just say this too, Dion. The exposure that he has created for HBCU schools is Absolutely. amazing, yeah. and and that that wherever he goes to another place, he's left that landscape right. uh, much better than than it was. No, he and you know the thing about now too with him, he can go in the, the transfer portals and things like that, where he can go out if he goes to a Power Five, you know, Dion's going to be able to recruit. And so he'll get players to come play for him. And these off. kids, pl- they play hard these, for him. These kids' dads, yeah, they they idolize Dion. Absolutely, and I bet the kids do too because well, he's still and, a figure. Yeah, and to me, that's you know again about the Colts situation that that you don't have to you don't have to be a guy that has you don't have to be Bill Walsh as a coach. These coaches come from all walks of life. You know the guy down in Miami. You know McDonald, uh, you know yeah. M- yeah, McDaniel, and what he's doing down there is incredible. You know, I mean, his, his look at his background. Look at you know, look at those. Look at his background. I mean, he kind of went along, and, and but he was always kind of the lower tier guy. I was with Sean Payton. 
You know, Sean Payton, you talk about lower. I mean, Sean Payton was getting coffee for guys in Philadelphia. And now he's, you know, one of the you know most most decorated and highly recognized coaches. It, you're, everybody's background's different when it comes to coaching. And I just think that it's, it's, it's fine. You don't have to have the best guy. Well, I recently started reading up about that whole situation, and I feel like I don't know enough just yet to even form my own opinion on the subject. But I was curious as to why, when you post the question, Nick, why you use the word offended? Uh, I think because there are coaches that have struggled and they that, that like they did it the Sean Payton way. Yeah, they, they were offensive assistants. They were you know they get yeah. coffee. Then they become uh, you know quality control. Then they become a quarterbacks coach. And then maybe they're a play caller. And then so they move. Kind of how you climb. They up. move themselves up as mm-hmm. opposed to a guy that just played football for, and, and he was a great in. player. And then he goes to ESPN, and next thing you know, they just put him and he just jumps everyone, which. The owner can do whatever he wants. It's, you know? a, it's about people. And, and I agree with the people part. Yeah, it's about people. If you can organize people and get them to share the belief that you have, they don't have to completely agree with everything you say. But if you get people all pulling the same way, there's a lot of things you can get done if, if you have that kind of support. But you have to have that ability to be a leader. And Jeff Saturday is a leader. Have you seen that clip? And it, it, they played it for years. The clip with well, Saturday and Peyton. Peyton, or, yeah. And, and Peyton's like, we'll, we'll call the plays, Jeff. And yeah. he's over there. Let's run the ball. And then they're getting at it yeah. on the sideline. Yeah. And yeah, Peyton's like, he he started it. Yeah. Yeah. If he's, if you're standing up to Peyton Manning. You know, it's you, funny. Jeff Saturday never got off the bench. He just kind of just kind of like just looked at him like, okay, you can go stand over there somewhere. Yeah. You know, I'm, we're fine here. Just we'll make adjustments. We'll be good. I, I have a lot of respect. Like I said, I can understand coaches that 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 went up th- that want to go up through the ranks. But there's a lot of coaches that have gone up through the ranks and failed at this and, thing, and too. And it happens. <laughs> it's not just in football. You see that in other types of, like, industries around oh, the world. Yeah. Like, be, that happens with other people. And it's just kind of who you know and where you come from and all that. And some people do get to kind of jump well, over all those steps and get It can there. be expensive making mistakes. Yeah. And, 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 like it, and I know we'll finish up here, but Auburn, you know, Auburn University, and I hope I'm not offending anybody from Auburn, but you've had three coaches in four years. That's pretty expensive. That's that's yeah. millions of millions of dollars spent, you know, having to now pay coaches off for not getting the right guy or not having the patience. You know, they think you have the right guy, you know, and you know, they they went out went out and hired a coach that has got some baggage to his name from when he was last in the SEC, but that just shows you they're thinking we have to win, we have to win, you know. Sometimes you make those mistakes. Mhm. All right, well, tomorrow we'll kind of flip the side of the things. We'll talk about uh, the Colts' defense versus make some the plays Cowboys' on these guys. offense, yeah. and we'll see how that matchup kind of looks like for this weekend. And this is the end of the show. For Nick Eman, Brian Broaddus, Derek Eagleton, who stepped out a little bit earlier, I'm Ember Garcia. This has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!